0: Yeah, buddy, we're back. It's the Lifestyle Business Podcast. It's Thursday. We're live from the Philippines. This is the podcast where we believe building a business is the ideal way to create more freedom and opportunity for you, your family, and those around you. Those around me today is my captain, my co-host, the CEO of our
1: fine organization, the man who puts the high in the high. Welcome to the Philippines, sir. Welcome, welcome. We are hanging out in the uh, hotel here in Cebu. We are in the ballroom doing a little impromptu podcast.
0: Yeah. I got to apologize for not showing up on your Thursday morning last week. We just had such a crazy week. Um, one One of our interns had an infected knee. We had to go
1: to surgery, hang out in the hospital. It yeah, was, it was like a four-day thing. It was so, a thing. Unfortunately, you know, quick tip out there for everybody traveling around, make sure you have insurance. Although it was uh, cheap uh, for her to get her um, surgery done, it was much cheaper, I guess, than it would be in America. It was still very expensive. So... Uh, I think it's a good idea, everybody that's traveling, check your insurance, make sure they cover you on international travel. Yeah, and we're going to work on that
0: for the DCers as well. We're going to do some kind of affinity group buy thing. Anyway, let's get moving on to the news. I found out that we have over 200 iTunes reviews. is Isn't that amazing? Yeah, because uh, Rob Walling was saying on his podcast, Startups for the Rest of Us, that iTunes actually sections off your iTunes reviews for each country. And so we, we have 133 reviews in the USA, but then we've got, look at Australia coming through with over 21 reviews. Wow. How crazy is that? Thank you, Ozzy, Ozzy, Oz. We met John Kennedy and Chris Tucker here in Cebu the last couple of days. Both
1: of those guys absolutely crushing it. We went over to John Kennedy's new office. This place is so baller. Flat, I was so impressed.
0: Baller. Actually, I'm going to bring John onto the program because he's doing some really cool uh, social media buying, so you can like buy likes and
1: Twitter stuff, and he's setting up right out of here, out of Cebu. Talk about bootstrapping. John came to the Philippines uh, pretty recently with uh, two partners. He's got 30-some-odd people set up in an office, which is basically a home. Yeah. Um, so he's really doing it, but he's, he's legit. He's got all his stuff straight. They're moving into this great office uh, down the street in uh, Cebu here. So. Super inspiring stuff. Uh, thanks for the iTunes reviews. Well, who do we got from From How do
0: you pronounce that, man? This is a great podcast with so many actionable items. Five stars. Thank you to Reality Jumper. Five stars. Been listening to five days, and I've already downloaded all the back catalog. We offer the back catalog for free on our website, just for your email address in return. Once we get that email address, we'll send you tons of annoying emails That's about great. random generic stuff. Actually, we don't send a lot of emails at all. We sent one out this week. That's I don't know right. If you want to talk about that right now. Uh, yeah, let's actually talk about that in the meat and potatoes. Uh, one quick shot before we get there, Eric Foster sent us his picture. Um, he was <laughs> going to Taco Bell and he got a booyah hot sauce <laughs> he thought of the LVP. Thanks, man. That was so cool. We love it when listeners send their pictures in. All right. Today on the meat and potatoes, uh, we're going to answer a bunch of listener questions. In particular, uh, there's one question that's really important to us about manufacturing advice. Ian and I have made it a point this year to talk more in detail about how we do what we do. Right. Uh, And I guess why we kind of shied away from that in the past was we
1: were like tentative to reveal our niches, but we're sort of over it now. Yeah, they we're going to start talking about it this year, and a lot of people are coming to us with questions about manufacturing, so, you know, I didn't want to just talk about it just to talk about it, but now that listeners are engaging with us and they have similar questions, I think that we can help out with that.
0: All right, well, let's get started then with uh, Joseph's question,
1: which is, how do you build a blog network? Okay, so this is the email that we sent out this week. We sent out an email to everybody letting them know that we had... Finally finished our blog network. Yes, um, and that we were going to be opening it up. We had a couple spots left after we had offered it to the members of the DC.
0: Yes, if you want to see the sales letter and you haven't seen it, just email us. If you want to get involved in our blog network, I highly recommend that you act by Sunday evening. I think this weekend it's going to be closed. So I mean, it depends on availability, but absolutely get in touch with us. What is a blog network first? I mean, it's basically like, imagine if overnight you could get 20 high-quality links to your website the way that you want them. It's basically equivalent to a piece of
1: content going viral or something like that. So, in essence, what we did was we went out there and we bought a bunch of different blogs that were existing blogs with varying PRs, right, page ranks, and uh, we're going to put on custom cu- custom content onto those networks. Uh, let, me was, back up, let me back up and say something really exciting. Sure. We have this one
0: website that... For this key term, this is the one Ian was busting my balls for years about being late on this website, and it was just such a boring niche. I never wanted to do SEO work for it. It gets a quarter million monthly global searches on this general key term.
1: Yeah, and last I checked yesterday, we were
0: number one for this key term. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so we were number three last night when I checked. So, and here's the thing. This website was a dog, right? Totally. Is a dog. We gave it... These links dripped out in an organic look, and boom, number one.
1: Let me tell you something about that. Is pretty <laughs> cool. So actually, on, on that site, I mean, this link... Okay, by the way, really, let me. I'm sorry. I, I, we're in person now. I can just beat you
0: up right away. If you guys want to know what that website is, just email us. We'll send you the.
1: We'll send it to you, and you can check for yourself. It's legit, man. Here's an interesting strategy that I thought of, and this is I probably haven't told this to you yet. But on that site <laughs> that we're uh, ranking for, I mean, the opportunity there is to sell a bunch of products. This is the drop dropship products from manufacturers in a niche that we've identified that we can be profitable in. But anyways. Um, when you look at the site, it's interesting because we almost have it branded as if we're the manufacturer. Yeah. And so I started to think about it yesterday because um, our guys are telling us that we're getting calls like daily, like a few calls a day saying like, oh, I-, I thought you guys were the manufacturer. So it's an interesting position to be in because now we could potentially take that site only after a couple of weeks and try and sell it to the manufacturer for some big bucks. Yeah, buddy. Right, I like it. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to build out that site, and we're going to build out other sites that we have on the link network, and we're going to make them into e-commerce stores. Well, there is
0: an interesting question of sustainability, and if you wanted to flip sites in a shady way, you could pump up rankings with networks like this and then get huge high dollars, like you were saying, like this ranks number one for like this ridiculous key term. Uh, so, but I, I don't think we've really addressed Joseph's question yet, which is how do you do this? All right, D. I'm into having one of these powerful link networks for myself. How do you do it? Um, two ways. I mean, the, mo- the hardest part is identifying the domains to purchase. And there's two ways to do that, like GoDaddy Auctions, or you can get a domain broker. You can find a decent domain broker over at wickedfire.com. And that's pretty much it, just like checking out these um, expiring domains that have... Uh, Page rank in Google's eyes, have quality content on them, quality backlink profile, that's very important. Like, every site on our network has a vetted backlink profile. This isn't, like, artificially propped up sites or anything. These are, like, legitimate links. Um, and then you purchase these things. You put them on a web host that has different C-class IPs for each domain. Um, We're using aseohosting.com. Maybe we could hook up an affiliate link for that on this post. Um, They're a great host. We have 10 of our sites in Europe, 10 of our sites in America, and they're all in different C-class IPs. Um, And then we use WP Manage, man. That's how we put all the content up. We order all of our content from places like Fiverr and Odesk and, yeah, manage all of that from WP Manage and then just send those links out. and Boom. We're in the money. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, we're seeing huge results from this kind of thing. I mean, I don't want to be over the top about it, but it's this powerful shit because doing SEO well is really, really hard. And so maybe you're doing that for your main money site, but what about all those ideas that you have all night long? If you just want to test something out, throw some spaghetti at the wall, you know? Right. These link networks are so powerful for that. That's why I'm into them. Jim J from Accent Help, I love uh, Jim's questions, who's been a really supportive listener. He says, do you guys have any recommendations about finding an app developer? And how about developing an app for the first time? I could go the Elance route, but I wanted to check with you, Jokers, first.
1: All right, Jim, I think the trick here is to really understand and really commit to this. If if you if this app is gonna be an important part of your business, if it's important for Legion. gen, um, Retaining customers, whatever it is, if it's going to be important, you can see the future as an app being this you know, real central focus of your sales funnel, then I think that you have to dive in and you have to really understand the process here. You have to understand Objective-C. You have to be able to manage somebody that does Objective-C. I would not go out and just hire some guy to build an app blindly for you throwing money at it. I would really engage in the process and kind of own the information. Yeah. So you yourself, you don't have to develop the app, but like anything that you manage, Jim, I think that you have to understand the process before you can really manage it efficiently. could even make sense to
0: like, you know, hire based on that protocol. Like I want somebody with excellent communication skills that can describe to me like what's happening here in detail. Um, you know the the thing about computer code and application development is that it's not rocket science. You know, I mean it's like it's not mystical magic. You could you can look at the code and understand what's happening and I recommend that you do that because otherwise you're gonna be like me in And probably 20% of the people listening to this podcast right now who've dumped a lot of money down some scammers' uh, bank account in India uh, because they they wowed you with the magic performance of it's going to be this, and it's going to be siloing
1: that, and it's going to be this, and it's going to be cross-functional that, and we're going to... Forget it, man. Right. So what I would do is write out wireframe out your product because you better have a good idea of how your product's going to work. The developer isn't going to know how to do that. He's there primarily to code and make it look good and stuff like that. Yeah. So have a good idea of how your product is going to work um, and then send it out to a couple people, maybe on Elance. Uh, maybe you've got some friends in some forums. Find somebody that has a portfolio that has a product that looks very similar to what you want to do. You know, it's like what
0: Ian said, if, if apps are going to be an important part of your business, be pumped up about apps. I think that's important to like be passionate about apps too. I tried to develop a, a piece of software before and I didn't like the process. And so like I tried to always like I basically tried to push off my desk the whole time. Yeah. And it sucks. Like I would have been better off if I would have developed a business partnership with a developer. So Jim, you could it, you know, I don't know if this is your situation, but you could go to a developer and say, I want to license my content to you as a developer. Let's do a partnership. So that's another possibility. Don't give them exclusive app, right? So no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for the question, Jim. David asks, uh, what is David ask?" David asks a lot of stuff, but um, this is a really good question. It's about, I would love to hear the strategies that you guys find useful uh, to not waste your time when sourcing products in China. So basically the idea that we get a lot from listeners, Ian, is people are like, all right, well, that's great Like that you guys told me to go to Alibaba.com or whatever, but any bozo knows that. Right. How do you guys actually get this stuff done? Like, I mean, China is like opaque. It can be so difficult to understand. Um, let's talk about some strategies. I mean, I don't think we have any home run answers here.
1: no. I, well, I think there's a couple. Of, I mean, we've been uh, we've been in China for several years now, and we've uh, built some really good relationships in China. And so, I think that's a that's a really uh, important thing to understand is that a lot of these uh, manufacturing um, you know successes come from good relationships over there. Whether it be you're tight with a factory, um, an American guy that's living over there, a Chinese guy. I don't know how how it's going to work for you, but start networking, start figuring it out, getting to the bottom of. Um, Who's in charge of these factories? So well, the, um, the, the way to
0: do that, and, you know, quality network, networking is always based on one thing. People think networking is about meeting people. It's not actually. Networking is about knowing your shit. Right. Because that, like, deepens the quality of your interactions with people, and it makes them want to help you and all that kind of stuff. So Ian and I just had this great argument, and he taught me a lesson, and this is an important one which is how important it is to know the material process and the manufacturing processes behind whatever product that you're going to be manufacturing. So here's the deal. Let's talk. My, my idea was this, and this is what, this is the argument that you made that like changed my mind, which is if you go to China and want to talk to somebody about buying motorcycle fairings, there's like 10,000 people that can help you. And 999 of them are jokers, right? And you don't want to deal with jokers, but... If you want to find somebody that owns a motorcycle fairing injection mold, the casting, there's about 2 or 3 guys in China. So by you knowing that information, you deepen your potential for networking.
1: And so my whole argument to you was that if you're going to go manufacture in China, you should know exactly how something is manufactured, right? So you can A get the best deal and understand the process enough to manage it, again, like we were talking about with Jim and the apps. So the motorcycle fairings is a perfectly good example of that. Uh, I knew enough to know that motorcycle fairings are ABS injection molded. The molds to make those fairings are extremely expensive. Uh, And when you think about it, not everybody in China can actually afford to own those molds. Um, And when you really get down to it and start asking questions, do you own the molds for this um, part, you know, they'll tell you the truth, and nine times out of ten, it's no. And yeah. so when you do find the guy that says yes, then you can start to whittle down your pricing, understand the painting. You know, the painting's like an after thing. They send that out to somebody else to paint. They don't actually do that where they injection mold. That's another part of the information. And know when you're understanding how to manufacture things. So and these are the conversations that manufacturers have. I mean, the
0: cool thing about what you're, um, you know, pulling out here is, you know, ABS has a price. Right. So, you know, that's the kind of conversation you want to be having, you know, how much ABS is in that fairing? Like, what's the global price for, like, the raw material that goes into ABS right now?
1: How much did the mold cost? Like, what's the mold fee? Like, all this kind of stuff. When you're looking at the product, is it even legal what you're doing? You know, you're making replica <laughs> copies of, of Honda's c panel. <laughs> we knew
0: the brilliant. answer to that, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the other point that we have here, David, and I think this is equally unsatisfying, but this is the issue with China. It's about personal networking. I mean, I think maybe part of the reason that we haven't given satisfactory answers to this question before is that Ian and I have spent a lot of time in China. We've worked directly with a lot of people who manufacture. You know, we're talking with these guys. We're sharing each other's Rolodex. We're uh, making referrals, you know, and I think depending on what kind of products you're doing, if you're doing products similar to Ian and I, you know, metal, um, what would you say? Like basic metal manufacturer, wood manufacturing. Wood manufacturing. Stuff. I mean, one th- another point about China that you brought up Ian, is like, if you guys like want to make belts or shoes or bags, there's, there's a, there's a freaking village 10 years ago in China. Now it's a, a high rise city with 15 million people that you've never even heard the name of somewhere in China that has Forty shoe factories, and everybody knows each other, and that's that. And if you figure out where that is, you go there and you pound the pavement. Yeah. yeah. And then you, they, every you know these factories have sales reps, and they'll take you on tours and all that. There's no easy answer to this question. I mean, it's hard to get stuff done in China. I mean, another way to look at this is talk to the foreigners, like talk to the expats, guys like Matt Kowalik and Michael Mich- Michelini, and these guys that live there. And they have a bunch of buddies who are doing sourcing. you know. And I think that that's another way to start pounding the pavement.
1: Right, so just to wrap up your question here, David, at the end of it, um, you said that you're also going door to door uh, to people that are selling the products that you want to manufacture. Know that when you're doing that, you're probably about four times removed from the actual manufacturing process a lot of times. So I would say that's not a super effective way to figure out where something's coming from.
0: No, I mean, you want to be able to have the manufacturing conversation, like Ian's initial, point it was. And maybe that's just, you know, talking to a, a, a unrelated expert or designer or manufacturer, like some guy that just knows how stuff gets put together. Then once you're equipped to have that conversation, get on the horn with actual factories. Like the Alibaba listings, they have phone numbers. So call. Right. right? You know I mean? That, that's the next step, I think. So yeah, it's a hustle, man. It's not not easy. Matt Kelly asked, I'm partnering with someone to start a video and written blog on new smartphones. Um, so the basic advantage that Matt has is he has access to the telephones. Like it seems like a week or two before they come out or whatever. Yeah, it's
1: not clear here, Matt, how much time he's got before they actually get released. And I think that's a, a key element to really answering this question, right? But basically, he's asking how to monetize this. That you know, he's got these phones early. How do you monetize this? Um, the question or the answer that we don't know is how long in advance you have it. Is it three months? Well, you, you might be able to make a decent amount of money if you start squatting on domains and things like that. Although, I wouldn't really recommend that business. It seems kind of sleazy, you know, putting up yeah. ads on sites and stuff like that. Well, the, the,
0: so, the, I mean, the key differentiator in the time is that if you had, like, some runway, you could domain squat, like Ian said, like, buy exact match domains. Um, and that's, like, more of, like, kind of like what you were saying, like, an affiliate hustle. Um, But if you want to build like an audience and a compelling brand and stuff, I always say the same thing, angle, 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 man. You have to have like some kind of entertainment value because you know, most of your readers are going to be tech. Um, They want to be entertained by this. They're not going to be making buying decisions all the time. something fun, something, like, people come to you for a certain kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I always think about this, like, there's a million tech blogs out there, like, you know, opening up the phone, like, measuring the components, you know, checking out what chips in it, something like that. I think my favorite site, though, like, my favorite uh, site of all times would be, like, the Will It Blend guy on YouTube, you know? Right. Because that's funny, so maybe you put some, <laughs> maybe you put some wheels on these things, and you, you figure out which one goes fastest with a little model rocket uh, engine connected to it. Or, or maybe it. you have,
0: like, a review thing where you, like, you do a a prank call and then you like sext somebody and then you like do something on the internet or something so like there's like a group of things that you do with every telephone and you record the call or whatever I don't know in general I'm not bullish about this until I see it because I think tech blogs are tough so you got you got some cojones going into this one brother good luck with that I don't think Ian and I can help you that much (laughs) is is that the cash of that For those of us in the financial services industry who are so used to -to face-to-face, Craig wants some ideas on how he can build a successfully location-independent business. And what Craig is doing is he's generating leads for the mortgage industry. Um, Tough business. It's a tough business, you know, but you get big commissions, and that's why people are
1: attracted to this. You can sell a mortgage, right? You can make big money. Right. Right. So we had a chance to look over Craig's site here, and I think actually, like, visually, it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, But I think you've you've definitely got some challenges here. My thing with
0: your site, Craig, is... uh, So it's mortgageguru.com.au. Everybody can go check it out. It's a beautiful site. But here's the thing. Uh, You're not building any trust. It's kind of like a corporate landing page. So where is the relationship happening? That's what I want to know. I think, um, you know... What I would do if I were you is I would replace the landing page with a 5,000 word classic, old school, direct response marketing, and focus on your, your best target demographic. I'll make a guess. It's probably people that are have awful credit for some reason, but yet they can afford a mortgage and they really want one
1: this is a big problem I've read about this a lot of different places online it's like um, people that have income coming from weird places maybe like drug dealers or maybe like entrepreneurs or like something me and like you that. exactly <laughs> yeah so guys that don't have um, maybe uh, you know a, a A stream of income that's coming from an employer, like an an entrepreneur, it can be really difficult to secure a house because, um, you know, on on my W-2, it says I only make $24,000 a year, which is true, IRS, by the way. But it it becomes difficult to buy a $400,000 house then. So how do you fix
0: that? Right. Um, So what I would do is like absolutely target that with your 5,000 word sales letter. You know, you got bad credit. Uh, blah, 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 read on. I've got like seven case studies of how I get this done for my clients. Have all the content for free, like 5,000, like make it amazing, engaging, cool stories, whatever it takes. And at the end, just have a little email box. It's like, I'll send you something else for free. Um, And like, I'll treat you well and all this kind of stuff. And then boom, there's your lead. That's gonna convert much better. Um, So that's kind of my thinking here is like, you know, we're looking for conversions, especially if you're paying for traffic, you know, You, you need to have something that's like just laser focused, have a squeeze page for each kind of particular problem. You know, you're probably solving people's five or six different, you know, problems. Right. And so I think that that's important are we done with the questions i think that's it let's get moving on the quick tips tricks and or funny jokes it looks like the conference room is going to get taken over so uh a couple things check out my medafinilcom by dc or ula if you'd like to get uh experiment with with uh yeah. yeah and is a great DC'er. i love her entrepreneurial spirit and uh That's just a beautiful-looking website, and she'll get you modafinil within seven days. That's the drill. Yeah, we've
1: been talking about modafinil a lot. I think it's worth an experiment for you. For those of you out there that are interested in this kind of stuff, it's kind of an upper, like drinking a couple green teas. Check it out. All right. So uh,
0: one thing that was pretty exciting in Singapore the other day Ian and I walked into the high class business lounge.
1: So uh, we've been talking about this a lot because our goal um, here in the future is to fly business class and to be able to hang out in these lounges because it makes your quality of travel so much higher. And so when we were in Singapore, uh, we actually had a card that would get us access into that place. And I know all you ballers out there, like, yeah, I had that shit five years ago. Yeah. This is brand new to us. Uh, but anyways, we just ended up walking straight in there. So we didn't dress like total schlubs like we uh, usually do. I mean, we we're definitely the worst. And straight up and we're in Asia they have a high class
0: cheese plate they have free wine free beer free food spoiler excuse our craziness it's the Philippines you know you cannot find a quiet space in this whole country I swear <laughs> too much fun so anyway my buddy, when I wrote that 14 Travel Hacks article, yes. he's like the biggest traveler I've ever met in my life. And I said, what's your top travel tip? And he said, just walk into the business lounge like you own them.
1: It's true, and that's exactly what we did. So I recommend that uh, at any airport, try it out. Um, One more fun. Tip. Let's
0: do the, do the final thing. We're going to talk about the Spoo and Tiger Air thing. Okay. Let's yes, punt sure. on the, the, the sunglasses thing. Okay. One quick story. Um, it's very common in the D.C for people to Photoshop outbound tickets when they're flying into visa on arrival countries. Well, just the other day, Ian and I, Mr. Clever, two clever bozos walk up to the desk and they're like, do you have an outbound ticket? And we're like, oh yeah, you know, we bought it from blah, 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 Tiger Air. And the Cebu Pacific lady's like, oh, well, what's the reservation number? (laughs) And we were like... Uh,
1: well... Maybe uh, we didn't buy that <laughs> So as it turns out, Cebu Pacific and Tiger Airlines are in bed together, so... They're in some kind of cahoots. They're in the outbound ticket racket <laughs> together. I mean, so Ian and I immediately almost have a
0: heart attack and have to hop on... Uh, this the Wi-Fi there and we basically checked in with a minute left and b- finally checked out an outbound ticket So that's a little uh, story. I don't know if we would have walked the an agent ticket if it would have been something different Yeah,
1: and the reason we bring this up is because uh, for a long time you didn't actually have to have outbound tickets um, for some of these places, now you do so, we just flew into Bali, uh, Justin Hayes told us that we needed an outbound ticket there too, I didn't know that, so this is all new coming up. Make sure you got your outbound tickets, and uh, I guess the moral of the story is you might not be able to fake it for too much longer. <laughs> all right,
0: well, I, you know, just one word on Cebu City so far in the Philippines, hanging out with Chris Ducker and Jonathan, and we have a bunch of other buddies here, wow, it's so much fun to be back in the Philippines, it's inspiring. Uh, we've got a lot of good stories to tell, a lot of great business lessons I think we've learned so far. And uh, another thing that's going to be blowing up here in the next couple of weeks is Tropical Workforce, man. I've got some huge names that are going to be putting uh, internships on tropicalworkforce.com in the next two months. Like huge names, like A-listers, man. It could, it's going to be exciting, and I'm so pumped about it because we're going to help people change their lives, man. It's going to yeah, be buddy. so cool, so cool.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to work through some technical issues, but that's on our side. And then hopefully uh, we're going to get this posted in the next couple of weeks. Please do subscribe to TropicalWorkforce.com. It's 100% free and it's
0: just an exciting place for entrepreneurs to connect with aspiring entrepreneurs. Thank you for joining us on the Lifestyle Business Podcast. Ian and I got a flight to the to go check out all the boys down there. It's going to be fun. Let's get going. everybody thanks for listening don't be shy we've got a mailing list lifestyle business podcast.com go there get yourself signed up and we'll keep you up to date on every